So Moses cried to the Lord, What shall I do with this people? They are almost ready to stone me. And the Lord said to Moses, Pass on before the people, taking with you some of the elders of Israel, and take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile, and go. Behold, I will stand before you there on the rock at Horeb, and you shall strike the rock, and the water shall come out of it, and the people will drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. Welcome and Happy New Year, everybody. Come on, you can say it back. Happy New Year. Lovely to see you all. So we are starting a brand new series that we're going to cover through January and February called Water from the Rock. And if you have your Bibles with you, you're going to need them, whether it's on your phone or on paper. Um, one of the band have left a Bible up here, so if anybody wants one, then just let me know. We can give that for free. Um, if not, then next week you definitely need to bring it. Um, Hannah, my wife, was asking me this morning, you know, how was I feeling about doing this talk today? Because she knows I get nervous and a little bit anxious and you're all very scary people. So sometimes it's hard to get up, especially when I'm as volatile and one minute I'm laughing, one minute I'm crying, you know, watching me have a mental breakdown every so often is never easy for someone. And you know what I said to her? I said, actually, I'm, I'm, I'm so excited. I'm so excited uh, for two reasons. One, um, Sunday's like the kitchen table, where it's like all the family get around the kitchen table and have a natter. And to be honest, I've missed it the last couple of weeks. I've missed it. So it's just nice to get the family back together around the table and all catch up and find out what we've been up to. But the second reason is because this series has been in my mind since June last year. I have wanted to get to this for so long. And you might think, well, why don't you just crack on, Ben, and do it? Well, you know, there's a, there's a process and there's a system. And, and to start the year off focusing on what I believe is such a prophetic, powerful word for each of our lives, I know the difference it's going to make. So for the next few weeks, we're going to be unfolding this story, Water from the Rock. So don't worry if you're only half taking it in because you've had too much mint, too many mince pies and prosecco, right? We'll go, we'll gear up, we'll warm you up today, okay? We'll warm, turn to the person next to you and say, warm up, warm up. I'll help warm you up. So we're going to start with a cup of tea. We're going to start in the book of Exodus, which we just saw that video. And if you have your Bibles, why don't you turn there? It's the book of Exodus chapter 17. It's the second book in the Bible. Now, as you find in the book of Exodus, chapter 17, let me explain what's happening around this. So this is a portion of the, uh, the, 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 the Bible where the Israelites have fled Egypt, okay? Um, they have been in slavery in Egypt, and uh, God sent a man called Moses, who, uh, through miracles with God, um, led the Israel, uh, Israelites out, out of slavery, out of Egypt, and now they are heading off into the sunset to find the promised land. And right now, they are a nomadic people. They are not a nation with a home. They, they are not a state with a status. They are people just wandering around, figuring out, okay, God, 
from the next day to one day to the next. What is it? Where are we meant to go next? And they think that this story is a year and two months after they left Egypt. I don't know how they know that, but let's just trust it, right? It's been about a year, right? So that's what the scholars believe. So here we go. The book of Exodus chapter 17, verse 1. All the congregation of the people of Israel moved on from the wilderness of Sin by stages. We read it as Sin, but it's pronounced Sin. Sin by stages according to the commandment of the Lord and camped at Rephidim. But there was no water for the people to drink. Therefore, the people quarreled with Moses and said, give us water to drink. Moses said to them, why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? But the people thirsted for water and the people grumbled against Moses and said, why did you bring us out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? So Moses cried to the Lord, what shall I do with this people? They are almost ready to stone me. And the Lord said to Moses, pass on before the people, taking with you some of the elders of Israel and take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile. You know that bit where it's like, and the, the sea party is like, wheel, and they moved across. You know that story. The Bible doesn't say wheel, but that's kind of my abbreviation of, whoa, all this water's moving, right? So, wheel. Um, and go, behold, I stand before you there on the rock at Horeb, and you shall strike the rock, and water shall come out of it, and the people will drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. Let me pray before I break this down. Heavenly Father, help us to identify the rock that we need to break this year. We know that you're stood in it and we know that water will pour from it. So in the name of Jesus, stir us to faith. Amen. Amen. I'm going to walk you through this, bit of a foundational one today. And next week, uh, we're going to crack on. So verse 1, all the congregation of the people of Israel moved from the wilderness of seen by stages. This is what I feel God wanted to say to a few of you. Some of you have been trying to conquer a sin last year, a bit of brokenness last year, deal with some challenge, deal with some unbelief last year, and it was a bit of a journey for you. And you woke up in 2024, January 1st, and it feels the same. It feels the same, and it's not quite changed or shifted yet. You, you're not where you were, but it's not fully changed yet. It's not fully healed yet. It's not been restored yet. It's not, you, you're, not, um, you're not in full freedom yet. But I came here to tell you today that really God removes the sin straight away. Really does he just go, okay, I'll solve all that problem. Poof, I'll do it. That's not the way it works sometimes. I came here to tell you that you need to celebrate the stage. Because it says here in this scripture that God moved his people out of the wilderness of sin in stages. So look, there's something to celebrate in your life today. There's something to give God glory to today. I'm not where I were and I'm not where I will be. But today, God has been faithful. I have overcome that. I am being changed. I am being molded. There's something to celebrate. So look, just take the pressure off yourself a bit this year, yeah? It's not all going to change at once. We move through these seasons in life in stages. God's faithful and he's not finished yet. He's not finished yet. 
So they moved through the wilderness of Sin by stages according to the commandment of the Lord and camped at Rephidim. Rephidim, this word means resting place. That's where they camped. Everyone needs a resting place, don't they? A place to chill, you know. But there was no water for the people to drink. So the people start kicking off. I'm kicking off, Moses. You brought us this far. You got us out of it. Because what you've got to think, like, it's fair enough, right? If you had no water to drink, you'd be pretty annoyed, right? Because you just left Egypt where you had a roof over your head. And right now they're living in a tent. Do you know what I'm saying? A tent. Anybody camped recently? Yeah, it's awful, isn't it? Do you know what? Does anybody like camping in here? God bless you. We'll pray for you. That's such a strange thing. Hey, let's go out in a freezing cold and put a, a cloth over our head. You know what I mean? Anyway, God bless you. Um, they're in this tent and they're, they're like being barraged by the wind and the rain and all like obviously not rain because I go but the wind and the weather. And so they're thinking, hang on, I can survive, you know, weeks without food, but I can only survive a few days without drink. So you know, Moses, we need water. And in verse three. The writer says this, but the people thirsted there for water and the people grumbled against Moses and said, why did you bring us out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock? They know exactly why Moses brought them out of Egypt because they were in slavery. And you know, the truth is freedom is often quite difficult. Like when God frees you, it's not like a cure-all pill where everything gets better all of a sudden. No, freedom requires commitment. It requires boundaries. It requires hard work. And it's a different work than the slavery because now you're the master of your own destiny. It's still not going to be easy. This year is not going to be easy. Goodbye, everybody. Have a good new year. It's not easy, is it? Was last year easy? Flipping it. No, it weren't. It were hard work. There was like headline after headline every single week. There's this crisis. There's this crisis. There's this happening. And my head was in a, I, I deleted all the news apps on my phone because I thought I'm sick and tired of just reading doom and gloom. And do you know what? Freedom is really easy. But I'm telling you this. God has brought us this far. He will not leave us in a wilderness without anything to drink. He's too faithful He's too good. There's too much purpose and destiny on your life for him to forget about you now. And I've loved watching our church mature over the last couple of years. It's been, it was a great year for our church last year, wasn't it? Do you remember how good that was? At the For Unto Us Christmas production thing, which I was really gutted because they didn't ask me to sing. And I don't know why. We all know why. Um... We had 750 people come and hear the Christmas story. That's amazing. So thank you to all the volunteers, all the staff and everything. I mean, it's stunning because some of you, you've heard this Christmas story a few times. But believe it or not, there are people out there who've never heard the Christmas story before. And we shared that with hundreds of them. Um, the grocery alone, let me highlight two phenomenal people Emily and Ollie, the people that lead that grocery ministry up there. Amazing, amazing people. <clears throat> they got, um, they got a letter here. To Emily and Ollie, hope you have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. 
Um, and this is from an individual who is volunteering in the grocery store, because you can volunteer there in the week if you want to, um, who was out of prison and they work with ex-cons in order for them to get integrated back into the community. So they were doing uh, volunteering. Thank you so much and the opportunity to come and work with you this year. It was a pleasure. You both made it feel like a reward, not a punishment, and I will never forget you both. How cool is that? Amazing. And then, right, we gave over 600 Christmas hampers to all the grocery people filled with goodies and toys and snacks. And this was one of the, and they had a big pantomime as well, which was really fun. Um, and this is one of the, the stories they got. It was an amazing afternoon, topped up by such a wonderful hamper of goodies. I was pleased to donate, as it feels always better to share. Brill pantomime, very funny, but showed a meaning. Thank you, everyone, for giving us this gift. And there's six kisses on there. Three for Ollie, three for Emily. So they're doing amazing stuff last year, you know. In the middle of a wilderness season, we're feeding the hungry. We're, we're bringing the lost home. Uh, and there's, there's a story here I got just for the general church, just for, for all us guys. It's a bit of feedback, a story. Thank you, it says this, this, this lady. Thank you. I love Way Church. It gives me hope. They helped me when someone close to me died. And they have helped me every day. Helping me understand God is always with us through good and bad times, through the little and the big things. So thank you with a heart emoji. Isn't that wonderful? Can we just give God some glory? Thank you, Lord, for, for healing her. God has brought us this far, my friend. And we as a church community look outward to the town and say, come all you who were weary and heavy laden, and he will give you rest. It is just beginning. And if you don't know, if you're new to our church, January and February are a really important time for us because this is what we call the first fruit season. And on the 11th, Sunday the 11th of February is the opportunity where you and I get to come and give an outrageous and abundant offering to God with a spirit of thanksgiving, celebration and faith. And that's next month. And what I believe is this is that over January, God wants to stir in us, fan into flame the gift of God in each and every one of us through what, what he's doing in the, the different ways. Next week, we have baptisms. And believe it or not, we've not really done baptisms in our church in January for, for quite some time. We have 12 people, 12 people wanting to be baptized. How amazing is that? And... We're going to be opening up again to spontaneous baptism. So if you're in here and you think, I want to be baptized, well, just come and we'll baptize you. It's all good. So we could have more. We could have 15, 20. We could have 30. Let's lay it down. We could have 4 million, maybe not that much, but we could have loads more people being baptized next week. And then on the 21st, Sunday the 21st, I want to give you a really special update of what's going on in the life of the church. A real celebration, defining moment that I'd love you to be there for. So this season in our life might be filled with rocks in a wilderness. And you might be lacking in some way. You might be something like, Lord, I just need this water. Lord, I just need this thing. I just need whatever. But I'm telling you now, journey with us. Because these next two months are going to be so significant for you and for me too. So let's go further on, shall we, in verse 6 towards the end. Moses goes to God and says, 
I need an answer. I need your help. These people need water. And um, God is giving him instruction. And in verse 6, God says this, Behold, I will stand before you there on the rock at Horeb, and you shall strike the rock, and, and water shall come out of it, and the people will drink. Behold, I stand before you there on the rock. God stands on the rock. Whatever rock is in your life, put him on it. Put God on that thing that is an issue. Put him on it. So then in faith, when you strike it, he can make the water come. Because that's the thing, right? We start New Year's, right? We start New Year's and we're like, God, I want this this year. God, I want that this year. Oh, great. I'm just going to go and just going to live my own life. You sort that out for me. You, I'm just going to live my own life. Instead, what we, what we need to do is we need to put God first, front and center. Lord, I know you can make water appear. I know it can happen. So I'm going to put you on the rock. So what is the rock that you need breaking this year? What is that rock to you? We don't know what the rock looks like. Um, we don't know, you know, there's no archaeological evidence, you know, so we don't know, but we can imagine it's a pretty big rock, right? You know, there's a few hundred thousand people that need a glass of water, you know, there's a lot. There's probably a big rock. And for some of you, you might be facing a big rock this year. You might be facing a health issue that you really need God to come through on. You might be facing a problem in your relationship that you need something pretty dramatic to shift in order for the water to flow. You might have a vision for something, but you're stuck or you're afraid or you're not sure how you're going to get there. For some of us, it's a sinful addiction. It's a habit that we've got that we just need to break. Or maybe it's not that big. Maybe it's a little bit smaller. Maybe it's a bit more of an everyday thing that you've been putting up with for so long, but you need in some way God to break that rock. Remember this, my friend, that the same God that broke that rock that the water came out of is the same Jesus that stood on a boat on top of that storm and said, be still. Joy and Rachel are right. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So when you read this story about a really hurry man called Moses who beat a rock and water came out, remember that this is your story as well. That the rock that you're facing this year, when you put God on it and when you strike it, the water will flow abundantly and everyone's going to drink. Not just you, not just your family, but those around you. Rivers of life, rivers of water pouring out of the thing that seems immovable. So what is it that you need breaking? What are we standing together about? What is it in your life that we need shoulder to shoulder in faith and courage that we need to sort out together? What are you believing for this year? When you come on First Fruit Sunday and you give that radical offering, what does that represent to you? What is it that you're sowing into? Yeah, water from the rock. Do you know what? I could spend like three hours up here, which I know is all what you want. I do need to bring this to a close because I'm, I'm up next week. And next week, I want to talk to you about how faith releases the flow. 
I want to talk to you about your faith, where that's at, and I want to talk about how that is the key that releases the flow of water. Now, this story of when the Israelites were thirsty and they needed a drink and how Moses responded by going to God and God said, I'm on that rock and if you strike it in faith, I'll make the waters flow. This story here happens twice on two different occasions, on two different years. Next week, I'm going to tell you what happened the second time, right? This is only the first time. And it became kind of folklore, this story, where where it would be retold and retold, like most of the other um, sort of stories in the Old Testament, retold to, to children and to one another. And King David actually um, writes about this in the book of Psalms. You don't need to turn there, it'll be on screen. Psalm 78. And this is actually a song. Um, and it goes like this. Give ear, oh my... No, it doesn't really. That's absolutely awful. Um, or is it? Should I join the band, guys? I can't do what the singers do. You know, give ear, oh my people. <laughs> oh, thank you. Someone clap me then. I'll receive that. Absolutely. This is, what, this is what the song is. Give ear, oh my people, to my teaching. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings from old. Things that we have heard and known that our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children, but tell the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might and the wonders that he has done. Guys, we need to tell the story of God's great and glorious deeds. Let us not be guilty of silence at the start of the year. Let us declare his might, his goodness in our days. Let us tell the coming generation. Oh, oh Lord, the coming generation. Lord, we pray for thousands in our town to come to know you, Lord. And whether that's our physical children, our young children, or our teenagers, or our students, or whether it is the spiritually mature who come to faith and who are young, we must tell the coming generation, we must open our mouth. Why? Why must we keep telling these stories? Because I refuse to let people waste away in a wilderness where they saw a rock, God sees water. Where they see a challenge, we know there's a change. Where they see a problem, there's an opportunity for provision. Where they see a rock, we see restoration. Where we see wilderness, we know there's going to be water. A highway in the desert where the valleys are going to be raised and the mountains are going to be made. Come on somebody, I'm getting far more passionate than you are. I refuse. I refuse to let this town become another statistic on the nationals whatevers. I want this town to become an Eden, so fruitful and so gorgeous that people go, wow, there's something, there's a church in the geological center of town where they see everything that's going on and all they do, all they do is put God on it. They put God on it and they strike it in faith, knowing that He is the same yesterday, today and forever. And they keep telling this story of how Jesus was the Son of God. And when He died from all our sins, you and I, even the sins you committed over Christmas holidays, 
And three days later after he died, he rose again from the dead so that you and I can conquer anything in sickness and in health. Whether it's depression, anxiety, in the name of Jesus we pray, we break for the waters to flow in this town. The waters to flow of healing, the waters to flow of life. But it starts with us telling this story, being undignified, being radical. Are you kidding me? Have you seen the town? Have you seen the economy? Have you seen the state of mental health in this town? I have. I have. I've seen it in my own family's life. I see it in my friends around me and I see it when I walk down the street. But I refuse. I refuse to let the people around me waste away in a wilderness. God was always moving us through and all we've got to do is strike the rock. Thanks, Leon. You can take this table. Why don't you stand to your feet? I really want to pray for you. I know we don't know each other personally. So many new people here. I really just do want to pray for us. Imagine that moment where God said to Moses, right, what I want you to do is this, right? Like, imagine being Moses. Like, what you want from God is you want God to say, well, if you travel a kilometer this way, there's a river. That's what you want, right? That's like, can deal with that. But imagine that when God was like, you see that rock there? There's water in that rock, right? Think about it. It's stupid, no offense. It's stupid, isn't it? You know what I mean? And all you've got to do, Moses, is something very straightforward, right? You've got to just smack that rock as hard as you can, right? Hit it as hard as you can with your wooden stick, right? Hit that rock as hard as you can with your wooden stick and water's going to come out of it, right? Ridiculous. Because we just see the rock. That's all we see. We have a promise and a vision from God, right? You and I, we're like, God, you are leading us this way. And all we see is what we don't have and the obstacle in the way. But this scripture teaches us that there is an immovable, to every immovable object, there is an unstoppable force. And even if it seems improbable and impossible, if God said it, just do it. He said in, he said in the story, and Moses did so, and guess what, they drank. So friend, just do it, just go for it. Yes, it's weird, it's stupid, it's crazy. Welcome to the church. This is like the most weird place in the world, but guess what? It works. And do you know how it works? Just look around right now. Just don't stop looking at me. Just look around at all these strange people that for some reason in their life struck a rock and water came out. This is going to be the defining word for our church in this season. In this next year, we are going to see rock after rock break and break and break and we're going to see water flood this church we're going to see water pour out down that little ramp onto that Southgate Road we're going to see it you're going to see it in your home life around the kitchen table you're going to see it in the life of your grandparents and your children you're going to see it at school and at home in the name of Jesus come on now let's give God glory I'm here to stir your faith so God are you kidding me there's a rock you want to hit the rock? And God says, no, you don't see it. You don't see it. There's something in that rock that if you do it, it's going to come out. So have a think this week. What is the rock that you're believing to be broken this year? What is that? 
Now I turn my attention before we sing together for anybody who's facing a rock today that you would appreciate us praying for. Could be a big one, could be a small one. It doesn't really matter. I don't want to put words in your mouth. I'm telling you this. All who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. That when you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and He rose from the dead and you confess it with your mouth, you're saved. That's all we've got to do today, my friend. So whether you're here for the first time and you came to all the Christmas stuff and this is your first Sunday here, or whether you're coming back and there's some stuff in your life you're just like, Ben, I need to just believe in my heart and confess again. I need to walk away. Then I'm going to pray for you, okay? And I want to pray a prayer of declaration. We're going to ask him to forgive us, but we're going to receive his forgiveness and his mercy. And in that moment, God is going to do something so special in your life. And then we're going to sing together. So if that's you and you want me to include you in, in this prayer, just give us a wave, just a quick one up and down. It's great. Anybody else? Awesome. Three, four, five. So I can't count. Is anybody else? So I you want to want to see. That's awesome. Thank you. Anybody? Yeah, awesome. Great. Fantastic. Amazing. Okay, come on. Let's pray, everybody. For all those people that have responded to Jesus today, Thank you, Lord, that you are the rock of ages and you were broken so that your salvation could flow. I pray in the name of Jesus as they receive your forgiveness, as they say sorry, as they receive your mercy, that, Lord, the old will go and the new will come. They will be washed white as snow and all the stains and all the dirt and all the mess and all the things that they've accumulated, they will just go. They know they are free in your resurrection power not only to experience eternal life after the grave, but eternal life right now in their everyday life, in their everyday thinking, in the name of Jesus. If that was you that responded, just begin to say your own prayer. Just begin to say, thank you, Jesus, for forgiving me, whatever it is. Ask him to move that rock in the name of Jesus, that brokenness, that sinfulness, that habit, that worry, that fear, in the name of Jesus, we pray. Move right now. Move it out of the way right now in the name of Jesus. There is a group of uh, wonderful uh, team of people who would love to pray for you. And they just want to ask you a question. How can I pray with you? How, how am I standing with you? And there's loads of resources you can get for free afterwards. But they just want to know your name. They want to know that you matter and that you value. And all you've got to do is just go to the back. They're just over there. Um, response team, would you just give us a wave? Because it is quite... You see them over there waving? So if you lifted your hand today, please make your way over during the singing. Because they would love to pray for you. Uh, guys, I'm so excited. I don't know if you can tell. Uh, I'm, I'm so excited for the next couple of months. Return, journey with us, bring a friend, because I do believe that water will come from the rock in the name of Jesus. Come on, let's give God some glory. Let's thank him for all that he is. Amen, amen, amen.